Hey guys, what's going on? What's up, what's up? Sunny D here. Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about key relationships. Relationships with your team, relationships with your suppliers, your vendors, your bankers, your money people, all of the different key relationships, things to think about, how to develop them, why they're important. This is another live recording from Storytime, which I do Monday through Friday. So if you're ready to strengthen and or establish your key relationships, this is the episode for you. So thanks for tuning in. And now it's time for the podcast. Good morning, good morning. If you're just joining us, this is Storytime with Sunny D. We are live on all the different streams. So I want you to share the stream if you're just joining. Share the stream with your friends. Share the stream um, to your other pages. Share the stream. We're we're doing a, a little bit of fundraising this morning as well. There's a organization that our salon works with. We've been working um, with them just a little anonymously sometimes and you know, not so anonymously other times. <clears throat> it's called Feeding America. Um, so helping raise money for um, people that, just like it sounds, uh, need food. Um, so if you want to make a donation, you can do that today on our Instagram. As we're live today, you may be able to raise raise some awareness, at least for sure. We will raise some awareness, um, but also maybe raise uh, some funds to help. And so Feeding America, I found out about Feeding America uh, through uh, Tony Robbins. I was at an event and I thought it was pretty awesome what was going on. So that's where I first came in contact with that organization. And then, you know, just started, you know, learning more about the organization. And then whenever I could, as our company kind of has been growing, you know, making a donation, being able to make a donation um, is something that, you know, and everybody can do something, right? You may not have a ton of money, right? But if you can do something, I mean, it's appreciated because there's definitely, no matter what position you might think, you know, you're in and you think it sucks, there's probably somebody in a position that's even worse. Um, So this organization, um, their mission really to be able to provide uh, meals to families in need, to people in need. Um, it's a noble mission. It's something that I um, have a you know kind of personal you know experience with. When I was growing up, you know, I spent a little bit of time being uh, being homeless and not having, not knowing where my you know my next meal was going to come from. Um, and you know, that's something that it sucks, right? It sucks for, it sucks for you as an individual. Um, and you know, for whatever reason it happens or it's happening to some people, um, if there's something that you can do about it, I mean, then you can get involved. Um, there's, there's ways to volunteer if, even if it's not a donation, there's other ways to volunteer. You know, you could volunteer your time. You could roll up your sleeves. You could become, you know, find a local food bank that you can contribute to. You know, in our country alone, in the United States, one out of nine people, you know, suffers, um, struggles with hunger. Um, So that's, 
you know, that's something to think about. And trying to end hunger is a big, big, big project. It's going to take a lot of people and a lot of time. So there's ways that you can give from small donations to volunteering. Um, so you can find out more if you go to feedingamerica.org. You can find out more about the organization. Uh, but that'll be on our Instagram today. If you want to get involved or you want to make a donation, um, you can definitely do that um, through our Instagram page right now. So thank you guys for tuning in to Storytime. Today <clears throat> we're getting into another chapter of the YFYI book series. I've been coming to you guys. This is actually episode 20, which is crazy to think about. You know, 20 days, 20 mornings that we've spent together. Um, this project was started, you know, during this corona economy. This is a new venture that I'm kind of going on. Um, so these tw at least 20 days, 20 mornings we've sat together. Personally, I know we closed down all of our businesses on March uh, 16th was our last day. So we're a solid six weeks in um, and we're looking to open up, you know, in, in a couple more weeks from now. So we're going to be a solid two plus month, like two months plus when we get to go back to work, uh, which I mean, that's a long time. That's a long time uh, to be just kind of ripped out of your economy, ripped out of your job, ripped out of your daily routine, ripped out, really ripped out of your own life. Um, and this happened and this wasn't something that, you know, anybody kind of could foresee, right? All of the, you know, I tune in to, you know, the business, uh, you know, news in the mornings, find out what's going on in the business world. And, you know, they're always talking to different CEOs and they're talking to different company leads and they talk about projections and <clears throat> this company did this and this company did that. And right now is a big, uh, it's like earnings time. So all the company, the public companies are coming on, you know, they're different channels and they're sharing like, where their company's at, how their company did, uh, you know, with all the predictions and all the brains and all the money and all the everything, uh, they they can't predict. Uh, they never could have predicted this, right? That the economy would be come to a grinding halt for you know two months and potentially longer. In some places, it's going to be a lot longer. You know, I've got a lot of friends in California and New York and those uh, real hard hit areas that are going to maybe not be able to open up for another month or two months you know so if you're one of those people that are just getting going and you're um, just getting back to work you know you're you know maybe maybe we'll say maybe you're one of the lucky ones time will tell we don't know you know there's there's a lot of um, speculation that you know some places are you know premature they're opening a little early some places are opening are not opening soon enough. You've got, it's a lot of, you know, conflicts going on. Conflicts, conflicts, conflictions. Um, we wanna be open and people storming their capital and building and picketing, you know, their local officials, houses and, and standing in front of the city hall. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, nobody wanted to close down. I mean, and, and but also, you know, it's not like, I mean, we really had a choice. I guess we always have a choice, but if we had chose not to close down, you know, just think about, you know, it's been pretty bad with things being closed and with, you know, and I'm talking about lives impacted um, by death and by sickness. 
not just financial. The big thing about money that's that's kind of interesting is, you know, we always are trying to get it. You know, we're always kind of chasing it. We're always trying to make it. Um, we put we put it on such a big pedestal. You know, I've been trying to get it. I've never quite got it. You know, I'm not. You know, um, I'm not a billionaire. I'm not looking at <clears throat> money uh, much different than I did. You know, when I was when I was younger and I was chasing it, right? Trying to get it, trying to hustle. Um, for me, it was you know trying to be able to survive, trying to be able to get that next meal, trying to be able to um, take care of my responsibilities the best that I can. So it's been always I've been trying to get it. I've been after it for a while, uh, but it's like that for a lot of people, and you never really, you never quite catch it, right? You're chasing it forever, and you never quite catch it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game, right? It's a, it's a funny thing. It's an interesting thing. So as I think about, you know, where, you know, money has gone over time. Right, it used to be all about gold. Right, we had gold up until I think the 1970s. We had the gold standard, which meant when we had the gold standard, the cool thing about the gold standard was that you had your money was backed by gold. Right, I think we're gonna go live on. So this is, I'm gonna get back to the gold story in a second. So this, I'm gonna show you guys on Instagram. So we did video yesterday <clears throat> on Twitter, but today we're doing audio, but they have a live audio streaming going on. Show you guys over here on the Facebook pages. So it's kind of like live radio, I guess. So we're live right now, and you can, you know, share, you can, Put details in here you can draw on here you can do all kinds of stuff so let's see the broadcast details so it's kind of like live radio so we're live on Twitter audio we're live on Instagram <coughs> we're live on Facebook on multiple pages so this is a little different um, different twist and approach but we're gonna let that keep going um, but back to the back to the money piece so gold is what we had gold was what backed money so back in the day when you were thinking about your money situation it was all about like you know having having that gold was giving people confidence that their money was real right and it was backed by gold and you know I guess people just assume that this like gold existed because they never really saw it like if you ever wanted to trade in your money for gold I don't know how you did that you know I, I remember hearing you know different there was different phrases and people would talk about like Fort Knox right that's where the gold was and so when you think about it it's like I guess people just took it at face value like yeah I have this money and it's backed by gold so there's never gonna be more printed money because I mean people weren't gonna be able to, like walking around with gold and you know in their pocket, right? It's heavy, it's cumbersome, it's and when we stopped dealing in gold, that became kind of the thing. Like you just had paper money. And but it was so it was backed by gold. So that was what was called the gold standard. And you that term still exists today. There's still 
the term the gold standard when people are referring to like the best in its class. You know, when you think of like hotels or something, right? Maybe you're thinking like, oh, that's the gold standard. So, but it was, it started as a monetary system. And that's where the country's currency or paper money has a value directly linked to gold. With the gold standard, you know, the countries agreed to convert paper money into gold. Um, but <clears throat> what happened with that? We decided to get rid of it. We decided to get off the gold standard. And I think <clears throat> that's kind of where the whole economy and the whole society and everything else kind of took a turn. Because once we got off the gold standard and there didn't have to be a certain amount of gold for a certain amount of money, that created the ability where you know, our country, any country that if they were on some kind of standard, once you get off of that, then, you know, that country or that, that, you know, government can then, it's a free for all. You could print money. So the gold standard, which we had, which backed all of our actual paper money, um, and we use that as the AKA, you know, um, legitimizer, the thing that made our money real. Uh, once we got off of that and we decided to go to, uh, what they call fiat, which fiat really it's it's kind of means like a fake. It kind of means uh, you know it's kind of fiat currency. It's a paper money, <clears throat> so it's not backed by anything. So that means that there is manipulation that can happen with money, um, and so it's kind of funny that we put you know we put it on this pedestal and it's not even real, <clears throat> right? It's a piece of paper <clears throat> that's given some sort of value backed by who i guess you could say it's backed by the government um, but ever since that happened ever since we got off the gold standard i mean the gold standard was i mean in effect we're talking you know hundreds and hundreds of years thousands i mean the use of gold as money really began thousands of years ago using gold as money um, but it wasn't until the 70s that our, you know, beautiful United States of America decided, you know, for whatever reason, we're not going to use gold as the backer anymore. So little history on that. So in the 1780s, there's Thomas Jefferson, you got Robert Morris and Alexander Hamilton recommended to Congress the value of a decimal system, right? So the world... As you're looking at that, the world would also apply, um, this system applies to money, so this decimal system, right? And money is in the United States, and the question is what type of standard? So there's gold, right? They're thinking about what do we have? We have gold, we have silver, we have both. So the United States adopted a silver standard based on the Spanish milled dollar. And this is in 1785, right? We're going down history lane. And as, you know, we kind of fast forward a little bit, you got, you know, post-Civil War, Congress is like, you know, we want to reestablish the metallic standard at pre-war rates. So the market price, you know, of gold and greenbacks was above the pre-war fixed price. Um, so that requires deflation. You're going to hear a lot about that, especially with everything that's going on with the economy right now. 
Um, you're going to hear a lot about deflation. You're going to hear a lot about inflation. Um, you know, so inflation, right? Prices go up, values um, change in your money. So you think about this. You know, we'll just say, even even just go back. You don't have to go back a long time. You could go back one year, two years, three years ago, right? You can go back two weeks ago, and we can talk a little bit about that. So when you bought something for a dollar a year ago, that's now a dollar ten, a dollar twenty, a dollar thirty. Um, that's an example of inflation. So the same amount of money gets you less goods or gets you less of what you could get before. There's inflation. Um, and there's inflation in everything. You know, I'm a salon owner. We have to adjust our prices, you know, and, and based on inflation, based on if I'm able to buy a, you know, whatever I need to make my product, say I'm making a hair color, we'll call a hair color service the product, and I buy the hair color for, you know, $30 and, you know, do the service or whatever and sell it for $35, and then the hair color goes up to $35, and then I obviously I can't sell it at 35 or I'm gonna be breaking even, essentially losing money because the cost went up, so then we have to inflate. Um, so that's where inflation comes in. And inflation really started to take off when we got off the gold standard in the 70s um, because there was so much more money. So then you got this supply and demand thing going on. Um, so you know our paper, which you know, became known as greenbacks, um, fiat money, so not convertible on demand at a fixed rate into anything. Because once you get off the gold standard, you have nothing really back in the money anymore. And so when you think about what you have in your pocket, right? If you've got, you know, if you've got a dollar in your pocket, um, that dollar in some economies can go further and some, some economies can go a lot less. You know, you think about the price of oil. So that's been in the news a lot. The price of oil, the price of oil, the price of oil went negative for the first time ever. So what does that mean? That means that if oil's a hundred dollars a barrel, right? It, it went, it, it dropped and dropped and dropped. And you, normally it's in at fifty to hundred. Fifty is considered low. So recently it went below. It was negative. You know, it's like how do you even do that? That means that you know I got so much oil. I can't even sell it, so I'm actually going to pay you to buy it because it's negative. Um, so when you think about that, what does that do down to the normal consumer, down to us, down to the average individual? Um, that brings the prices at the pump. That's what you know, right? You're not, you know, maybe trading oil futures or watching the WTI and crude, and you know, I'm watching a lot of this stuff and I'm learning a lot about this stuff. Um, but what does that mean for you? the you know the average consumer that means when you go to the gas station and you go to fill up your tank the price comes down that's a good indicator if you're if you're studying finance or you're studying investing or you're just wanting to know kind of what's going on in the world um that's why there's such a big deal put around the price of oil because that's a good indicator of how the economies are doing because oil is used for so many things to manufacture to produce I mean, the tires on your car without oil, we can't make the tires. Forget about the oil that's used for the gasoline, you know, in the car. I'm talking about being able to even have wheels on the car, 
right? So oil, oil is used in so many things and to use to produce, manufacture, supply, run, machinery. It's so, it's used from so many different things. So when the economy is like paused, right? We're sitting at the, uh, the red light, then nothing's happening, right? So then we don't need oil. People aren't buying. So they're like, all right, well, we, we made so much. You know, some of the, the countries that made, you know, Saudi Arabia, they're sitting on a ton of oil. They're like, we made so much, nobody's buying. Now what? And the United States is like, well, we don't need it. We make our own. We got our, we, we've got our oil reserves and um, we're sitting on, we're, we're huge. You know, we've got a huge amount. We don't need it. We're energy independent. Meaning we're not, we don't need you, we don't need you, we don't need anybody. Um, we're solid, we have our own supply. So then the countries are like, well, shit, now what? We got all this oil, we need to get rid of it. So we start dropping the prices, dropping the prices, dropping the prices. <clears throat> so then it's a great time to stock up. You know, even though we got a bunch and we're, we're doing pretty good, now is a good time to stock up. So then... You know, the United States says, all right, cool, I'm going to go ahead and start um, getting, building my reserves up even more, you know, millions and millions of barrels more for a rainy day, right? So that's what's going on right now. We're, we're looking at the oil prices uh, being so low that we're like, yeah, let's jump on stash mode and let's start stocking up on oil. You're looking at the same thing. If you go to the gas station and you're looking at, you know, the tank and you're looking at the price of gas and you're like, man, this is really cheap right now. And you're like, do I have a fuel bladder? Do I have any gas cans I can fill up? Because trust you, trust me, you, trust you, me, <laughs> whatever, the, however that goes, the prices are going to go back up. You know, we were sitting in, I don't know, high twos, threes, fours, you know, dollars for a gallon and I've seen it dip below two that's like unheard of I heard in some places it dipped like a dollar and I haven't seen that I mean I remember you know 20 years ago like on a military base you could get like you know a gallon for like a dollar and that's like government you know a government discount price but to see it on the public market and the you know Shell station or whatever, Wawa, wherever you're going. I mean, that's just stupid. And so, yeah, I don't have a barrel, but I'm looking for one because I want to fill up. Yeah, I want to fill up while these prices are so low. You know, I drive a truck and it eats up a lot of gas. Normally it's, you know, $50 or more to fill the tank. And right now I'm filling it for like 30 bucks. So I'm thinking to myself, like, I need to stock up. I need to I need to jump I need to get a barrel so I'm looking for a barrel if anyone's got one if you're on my live feeds right now um, you got a barrel laying around that you're not using let me know come grab it from you um so in and I'm you know kind of segueing a little bit here but I wanted to open up and talk about that economy and just you know have you thinking about that because prices are going to change you know I was listening to some restaurateurs and um, every business in every you know area that's being given a green light to start to open a lot of what they're finding out is um, there are some caveats maybe you can open and you can have 25 percent occupancy right now so simple math 
If you normally you know, do $1,000 in a day, now you have 25%, that means you're at 250 bucks if you change nothing. Now, if you inflate your prices, you know, to try to make up for that, which I think some people will do, maybe customers will say yes, or maybe they'll say no, or do they, you know, maybe they'll look for other options, um, but there's probably gonna be some of that. And there's probably gonna be some places that are like, if I can only have 25% occupancy, especially if I'm in a service like a restaurant, then why am I even gonna open? Does it even make sense? Because then, you know, if you have people that are working, um, if they make, you know, tips, there's not that, you know, there's not enough customers and not enough revenue. If you have people that are on, you know, hourly pay, there's not enough customers, there's not enough revenue. Does it even make sense to open if I can only have 25% of my customers? Now, yeah, there's always gonna be like, yeah, 25% is better than zero. If you've been at zero for the past two months, um, zero revenue, but then can you even afford to be open? Depending on how many staff, how much staff, um, what you're paying, how you're paying. You know, so there's gonna be some tough decisions that have to be made. Uh, when people starting to see like, oh, this, you know, they're opening up and it's like so exciting, but you have to understand like there's still, there's still those other things to deal with. You know, I mean, we're, we're excited to get open and to open back up, um, but we are also going to have to, you know, be in, you know, thinking some of those things too. Like, uh, is there going to be limitations on, you know, percentage of occupancy is there going to be limitations on this or that or the other thing um, so those are things that we'll all have to consider as we go into the new corona economy and we start to reopen our businesses um, and I'm, I'm you know I'm excited to get open I'm excited to you know to get back to work but I'm also excited to see just in the last you know week or so uh, from businesses that have opened I'm excited to hear um, how things are going uh, what things are changing, you know, in the stores that we know and love. I mean, some that haven't been able to close, some that have had to close, um, you know, the restaurants for sure. I mean, food is, you know, food and beverage. I mean, you know, there's no getting around it. Everyone needs it. So from the grocery store, I remember, you know, just in the first week or so, um, I got pictures when, you know, the shelves were just empty as hell like there was like nothing there not just like not toilet paper like i'm talking like not anything and then the you know they're like okay and locally um luckily one of the the grocery stores Publix, is right here locally it's you know so they're producing uh, but it took a minute to kind of adjust because there was a little you know onset of fear so people were over um exaggerating their their spending and 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 stocking and supplying because right scarcity that scares people like i'm gonna i'm not gonna have anything toilet paper at the end of the day like was toilet paper the thing that you couldn't live without or was it food and water probably food and water um, but there was that and then so i'm interested to see like as some of these businesses and companies are opening um, what's going to happen when we get out there uh, what's what is it going to look like what is the new corona economy going to present to us and how is that going to affect your cash flow your cash reserves um, and how is that going to affect just your attitude about having a cash reserve if you didn't have any money put to the side before this 
and you and now you you know you felt the pinch and a lot of people yeah you're trying to get the stimulus you can't get the stimulus you try to get the unemployment they say yes they say no um, supposedly where is all the money nobody knows right they're printing it we don't have the gold anymore so it's like we could say whatever we want it's just digits on a page it's paper on a machine but with that you know maybe now's the time to start thinking about your um, your cash reserves and maybe building that rainy day fund you know and then maybe it's not a, a you start small right we all start small so maybe you build up you know, say you're getting paid 500 bucks a paycheck, right? Maybe your first, you know, goal, your micro goal is to get half of a paycheck put to the side. So 250 bucks. It might take you a month, two months to do that, especially coming into the Corona economy because you've been out of work for so long. But then your next goal, maybe you get to, you know, a full paycheck put aside and then one and a half to two, two and a half to three. You can get to six, seven, eight, paychecks worth of cash put to the side that can cover you and if you think about eight paychecks you're probably getting two a month so that's you know two four six eight that's four months you know five months you can get that put to the side um, and you can because you've probably found out like most that you can live on a lot less and you've had to live on a lot less and so what that tells you about you and what that tells me about me is that how much money, because we have, especially if you're in a cash industry where you get, you know, you get cash all the time, you get tips, that if you get cash, it literally burns a hole in your pocket. Like you got to get rid of it. So what you're finding out is you can find out if you've lived on a lot less over these past six or eight weeks that you could probably continue to do that. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, recommend and encourage you to when you go back into the corona economy that you make it a point to have this mentality um, you call it scarcity mentality you call it preservation mentality you call it whatever the hell can you know mentality you want but here's what i'm calling it the corona mentality the corona economy mentality where you know you can survive and a lot less um, you can so so and, and not like you're gonna be like that forever, but at least until you get that, you know, you get your cash reserves up. Because if you found out that in eight months from now, you were gonna be out of work for two months with no pay, zero income, what would you, what would you do today? You'd be like, oh shit, I better start saving up. Well, right now, yes, you're not making anything, but when if you're going back to work or if you're in work, start putting something to the side. Start putting something to the side. Don't wait for the next coronavirus or the next pandemic or the next whoever the hell knows what, you know, economy downturn to happen. And then you'd be like, damn it, you know, I'm, I'm fucked again because I didn't put any money to the side. So now's the time. Start putting some of that, you know, try to get at least eight paychecks, eight paychecks of cash on the reserves just in case and then you can build from there but if you can get eight paychecks of cash on the reserves on the side um, because something else will come and i've been talking about this for six weeks 20 episodes um, something else will come 
You know, we did the whole timeline. I've got it over here behind me. 1907, 1929, 1987, 2008. Oh, we forgot 2000, uh, 2008, 2010, 2020. All of those years, there were epic, epic economy crashes, downturns from a lot of different things. The panic of 1907, Black Tuesday, Black Monday, the Great Recession, flash crash, dot-com bubble burst, housing crisis, all of these things that happened. And so that's where, you know, it's going to happen again. Something will happen again. So why not try to get at least eight paychecks stashed, eight paychecks so you're at least in a better position than you may find yourself in right now. So that's my opening today. We're going to get into the chapter we're reading through. So we're in the YFY book series. There's two books I've been reading from. The first one, your first year in the beauty industry, how to not just survive but thrive. Really, it's your first year in your industry. It could be the beauty. I mean, there's not a whole lot of references even to hair that are in this book because this is a business book for people just getting started in their career path. That's what that one is. We read through that entire book. Now we're at episode 20 and we're almost through an entire another book, the second book in the series, which is your first year in ownership. So if you're owning a salon, owning a business, your first year in. So yesterday we were we were going into and uh, into the whole financing and construction chapter. We talked a lot about money and, and where is it at? How do I find it? How do I build it? How do I do this and that? Um, and then today, just as you know, my opening was kind of building on some of that, talking a little bit about currency, expect some inflation, expect some price changes. You ain't gonna be running up into your favorite restaurant that only has 25% of its tables and paying the same price because, I mean, it's basic math. That makes no sense. I know if I owned a restaurant and I got 100 tables that provided me 100% of my revenue and now I can only have 25 tables, I'm either A, um, subleasing out half of my restaurant, B, not opening, C, uh, jacking up the prices. Something's got to give, right? So there's going to be a situation there. Um, so that's a little bit about that in my opening. Today we're going into chapter 9, which is all about key relationships. So key relationships is going to get into different things like your suppliers, your your money team, right? Your people. Um, these are key relationships you're going to either A, need to establish or have or both as you're going into um, your business and you're building your company. So let's get into it. Chapter nine, starting with a little quote. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And that's an African proverb. Chapter nine, key relationships. Hello, my name is fill in the blank. The classic name tag you get as an icebreaker at a networking event. Well, here's a deal. If you need help introducing yourself, then you might have a serious problem getting people to know your business. In YFY for stylists, YFYI for stylists, I dedicated a whole chapter to networking because I too struggled with getting out there and building my business. For that reason, I'm not gonna go into the networking techniques, building rapport, and different ways to create conversation. If you've come this far, 
where you're thinking of owning your own business, then hopefully you've gotten past that point. Here, what I'd like to do is discuss those key people you wanna have in your network, how to cultivate them, and why they're important. Starting with your suppliers. Your suppliers, so these are the people you're getting all your stuff from, getting all your goods from. So that's where we're gonna start. <clears throat> your suppliers, they've got the goods. You're gonna need to source out lots of different suppliers for all the different products and services you want to offer. Whether it's small things like towels or foils to bigger things like your hair care, take some time to do your research. You may find better deals on items we use in the beauty industry outside of the beauty industry. Foils, towels, and rubber gloves, for example, which you will go through by the thousands Look into companies that supply restaurants and hotels. Those industries go through a lot of those things as well, and you'll usually find a more economical solution using their suppliers. There's a lot of gimmicks in the beauty industry when it comes to some of those items, but at the end of the day, a towel is a towel, a foil is a foil, and rubber gloves are, you get the picture. Uh, right now, just thinking about that though, you know, start shopping, right? I'm shopping already. We're not opening for, you know, a little bit longer, but start shopping. Uh, it's gonna, there's gonna be some scarcity. There's gonna be some lack of supply. And that's the same thing that happens. That whole thing I talked about with inflation, so much demand, not enough supply, prices go up. So much supply and oil, cause no one is traveling, not enough demand, no one needs oil, prices went down below, below $0. Um, so right now, start shopping. There's gonna be a surge in demand, and that means there potentially will be a surge in price. Back to the story. What you need to do is control your expenditures. I've seen some salons that I've worked with way overspending on those items to the point they were almost out of business. Another tip is to shop every year for the best pricing as your business grows. Negotiate with your vendors for the best pricing available. You may also get discounts when you buy in bulk, so become familiar with what the breakpoints are. So breakpoints, you know, breakpoints are a point where that vendor, that supplier says, hey, if you buy X, you get a break in the price. You buy another X, you hit another breakpoint, you get another break in the price. So find out what the breakpoints are. And if you can hit some of those breakpoints, hit them. It may seem like a stretch, but if you know it's a non-perishable that you're gonna continue to use over and over and over again, like I'm pissed at myself that we didn't have a surplus and, and the stockpile of things like, you know, the gloves and the sanitizer. We buy in bulk, but yeah, we weren't foreseeing a pandemic, but that stuff doesn't go bad. Um, so that's definitely gonna be a change in our strategy as we open, you know, having multiple salons and not having a surplus um, that surplus isn't gonna hurt us. It may not break your bank. It may stretch you a little bit financially, but if you know that those things you're gonna use and you're gonna use them by the thousands, why not? So knowing what the breakpoints are. Now, when it comes to your hair care, like color, products, tools, etc., there's another relationship you wanna develop. In our salons, we only use one hair care brand, Paul Mitchell which helps us leverage our buying power as we grow and also align ourselves with that brand exclusively. This sends a clear and consistent message to our customers so they know what we are about. 
It also prevents us from having to explain why one product or brand is superior. It creates a focus and a deep understanding of a, the singular brand. There are many great brands out there, but I'd recommend going deep with one brand to get the most benefits instead of being a me too business by trying to keep up with the latest. When deciding on your suppliers, look for integrity, consistency, quality, in addition to price. The last thing you wanna do is go with a fly-by-night operation that won't be able to deliver the goods. Um, and then, you know, I know some of you guys on, on uh, Instagram you can't see, but if you're on like Facebook on the pages, I got this beautiful image up behind me. Um, Awapui Wild Ginger. Uh, we're gonna be doing a little online party. I'll tell you guys more about that tonight, but that plant, you know, which started this company now that's been around for 40 years. So making sure that if you're aligning yourselves, you know, with a company, you're aligning yourself um, with a brand, you're aligning yourself with a supplier that has some history, has a track record, has capabilities, because if you're going to continue to grow and you want to scale and build up your company, you know, the untested, yeah, you want to give everybody a shot. But yeah, if you're super, super small and not planning on scaling, but if you're planning on scaling, you got to have infrastructure, right? You know, if you're planning on growing and, you know, you have a vision, right? Because you read that chapter, start with the end in mind of where you're going to end up. You want to know that you have a partner because your vendors and your suppliers, they're your partners, um, that's going to be there. That's going to be able to be there no matter what happens. So that's something important to think about. Number two, your money team. Money to your business is like blood to your body. It flows through every part. Your job is to keep that flow going, steady and seamlessly, starting with your bank. They are the ones who will house your cash, so get to know them. Depending on what your vision is, you may wanna shop with a local bank or look at a bigger player on a national or global level. Keep this in mind though. They, just like you, are a business, so make them work for it. The benefit for them in having your accounts with them is that they can in turn make money off of your money through lending it out and collecting interest and fees. I think the last time I checked, they can lend like $100 for every $10 they have in deposits, which seems pretty crazy because that would mean that if everyone decided to withdraw their money, also known as a bank run, they couldn't make everyone whole. Look what happened in 2008. A great movie to learn more about the banking system, the financial meltdown, and how they're able to do what they do is the inside job. Inside job, great movie, watch it, you'll learn a ton. Uh, I think Matt Damon narrates it. You know, he's got that, that uh, sultry Hollywood, you know, leading male voice going on. Um, but it, it does, it goes through everything and, it, and the banks and I mean, it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, the big bad banks. I mean, it's not that they're crooked. It's just the way the rules are written. And they just kind of pushed it right to the very edge. Like if you knew um, your car could go 185 miles an hour, and so you drove it at 184 miles an hour all the time, it's only a matter of time before, you know, you're gonna come around some curb, there's gonna be some twist or bend, you're gonna lose control and crash. And that's what happened in 2008. Um, there was some shady shit going on, there were some people breaking laws, you know, or at least pushing it to the max, 
um, where you know it could be pushed and and we suffered huge from that so the inside job great movie go check it out back to the story get to know your banker and make sure they know what your goals are with your business let them in on the ultimate vision so you can come up with a strategy some of the other money services to think about are lending which I covered already and processing when it comes to processing I shared with you that we use square one of the main reasons we stuck with them is they have simple and clear pricing. The starting rate is 2.75% for processing on all Visa, Discover, MasterCard, and American Express cards. Now, some bankers trying to get your business will tell you they can't be charging you that rate on American Express or their rates are way too high. Granted, it's not the lowest rate ever, but they do only charge 2.75% for Amex and all other cards. Also, as the volume of your business increases, they will offer lower rates. Other things I like is that they can deposit as soon as the next day or even instantly that day if you need the money. You don't have to deal with those old clunky machines that you have to batch out every night. They have a paperless option and the interface which works with an iPad is elegant and easy to use. The thing I probably like best besides access to working capital as needed is that since switching to Square all of our stylists have seen a huge increase in their tips. I believe it's to the ease of use for the customers to add in your ability to set percentages. Let's face it, no one's trying to do math. So with Square, you just present them with three easy options and they're on their way. Having said all that, I'd still recommend to shop around every year for the best deals. And there's other solutions I've seen out there. I know I bank with Bank of America and they have Clover relationship. They you know, pitched me on it. I didn't really like it. I'm about ease of use. I may pay an extra percentage point for ease of use and frictionless service for my guest, my and my you know my stylist. Um, so there's different things. There's a little bit you know it's a trade-off. So you have to shop around and figure out you know if if it makes sense to have that ease of use, to have an interface, to have also thinking about scaling, right? When when they presented me, my bank came to me and said, "Hey, this is Clover, ba 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 da ba," and did the presentation. I wasn't really impressed with the technology. It had some of the same features, but it also was a new player. You know where I had this other company that I know the technology and they've been around. They were first in, you know, you know, in um, developing. They're kind of who everybody else wanted to be. Um, also scale, right? Publicly traded, backed, got billions. So if you think about your company growing and scaling, think about that when it comes to those relationships. That's why I chose Bank of America. Yeah. Uh, do they know who I am? No, I'm nobody. I'm a number to them. There's a couple people that know me at one location that I go to, but you got thousands of banks and tens of thousands of staff and millions of customers. I'm nobody to them. But vision, big picture, if I'm going to be a global company, I want to know that my bank, like I've seen happen to other banks, isn't going to fold and crumble. Could it happen? Yes. Likely to happen to a player like B of A? Not really. So when you're thinking about your relationships, from processing and banking, think about where your company is going, how big you want to be, because that's going to guide some of your decision making. 
um, and, and maybe give you some indications of where you want to be. And you don't have to be in one. You could be in multiple. You could work with a very small local community, one location bank, beautiful, where everybody knows your name. You could also work with a global partner for other things that you're trying to do. So keep that in mind, but shopping around is key. Number three, your people. Back to the story. Inside and outside of your business, you are going to have to develop great relationships. I'm talking about your team first. Get to know them. What are their goals, both in their career and in their life? Without your people, you've got nothing. You're going to encounter so many different personalities and communication styles. It's constant work. You should always be looking to become a more effective communicator. From regular sit-downs to quick chats to text messages, try and keep a high-touch approach with your people. As your business grows, it gets a lot more challenging, so you have to think of new, fresh approaches. When we opened up our first out-of-state salon, I experienced this firsthand. I'm used to seeing my teammates almost daily, but with our out-of-state location, it may be a week or two before I physically see them, and a lot can happen in a short period of time. So whether using Google Hangouts, Facebook Live, or any other of the other technology solutions, stay in touch. What that would be now, fast forward, real time, Zoom, right? Everybody, no one heard of Zoom before March 15th. Now it's like the hottest thing on the market. Um, so different ways to stay in touch. Uh, let's see. So other people are your customers, which we refer to as our guests. Inside the salon, they're hopefully being taken care of, but make sure... You greet them always and get to know them. As an owner, it's always reassuring for them to see you and interacting with them and the stylist creates magic in the business. Once they're outside of the salon, staying in touch is important as well. You can do that through social media, by tagging them in the before and after pictures you better be taking, commenting and liking their pictures. You can also send out monthly salon newsletters through email. Is that still a thing? Yes, email still works. Long-form posts on Facebook, like a newsletter or blog post, work well also. Any reminders that reach your guests just to say, hey, we are still here, will work. In today's noisy environment, attention is being spread thin, so you have to work extra hard to get your message heard. An old-school approach is follow-up calls. Whenever a new guest leaves or a regular guest leaves after getting a major change, call them within 48 hours to see how things are working with their new look. Calls like that are so rare these days, it's a pleasant surprise. Maybe someone on your team could even start a podcast to share beauty tips or discuss products. All forms of communication, written, video, and audio should be considered when staying in touch with your people is the goal. So I'm going to jump back in here real quick. So speaking of podcasts, one of the new podcasts that we started since the salon has been closed is Style Pro 1.0. And Style Pro 1.0 is where it's just product review, but it's an audio form. So one product, one few stories about that product, key features, key benefits of that product. So that's a podcast on a physical product. You can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't smell it, it's an, and you can't see it. It's an audio form only, but it's another way, another form of communication. So you gotta try things, guys. You gotta try different things, different approaches, because you never know. Somebody may be an auditory learner where they can hear something and they get it, right? So you have a portion, you're not just one medium, 
You can use all the mediums available. Take advantage of all the mediums to reach your guests, to reach your customers, to reach your team. Take advantage of all of them. So that was just funny reading this, and this is a couple years ago, and we just started that Style Pro 1.0 podcast. Back to the story. I could go on and on about how important people are to your business. After all, the only kind of business that exists is the people business, because if you take the people out, you have no business. There are many key relationships you'll develop along the way. Just keep in mind, they all take effort to make them work. I haven't figured out the exact recipe, but I'm getting better every day. If you're willing to put in the work, you can make it work. Lastly, a sure way to win at key relationships is to follow these steps. Number one, always strive to give more than you receive. Number two, provide value. And number three, expect nothing in return. And that last one, guys, giving without expectation is a sure way to build key relationships. Um, That's what that chapter is all about. Key relationships are going to be essential. So just keep in mind as you're building and you're, you know, kind of coming into your new economy, maybe take a look at the relationships that you have right now, um, examine them closely and see like, what are some of those key relationships? How have those, um, how have those changed now? How are they maybe needing a little revamp or maybe needing the change? So take a look at your suppliers. Um, take a look at you know who is your money team, your lenders, your bankers, um, and then also taking a look at your team. You know, taking a look at your team inside and out, your people. Um, so those are three you know major key relationships. And thinking about that last piece, you know, giving, expecting nothing in return. Um, the communication is going to be huge reaching out, creating videos. We've been doing these video updates um, that I send out through email. We put them on our Instagram pages. We put them on our Facebook pages. Um, we embed them in our website. You know, So they're nothing crazy. It's just straight to camera. It's like me right now. I sit down, boom, and you know, a few minutes to share what's going on. I've been over trying to over communicate right now with all of our guests so they know what's happening in our business. I've been trying to over communicate with all of our team right now so they know what's happening in our business. So communication with your relationships are gonna be key. Um, your vendors, your suppliers, you know, we sent out letters, hey guys, you know, this is what's going on. Um, just keeping people in the loop. It's not like uh, they're, they're gonna be like, oh man, why are you always trying to let me know what's going on? No one's gonna be like that. They're gonna appreciate that. Um, so think about those key relationships and hopefully you guys got some takeaways. So that was another chapter. We just finished up. That was chapter nine. You know what that means. Um, today's Friday also. It's May 1st. Welcome to May. But that means it's the last morning until Monday. We'll be back uh, Monday. we got a couple more chapters to go and then some bonus material. So Monday morning, 9 a.m. We'll be back live with story time. Hope you guys will be here. Um, and lastly, I want to tell you about tonight. Why I have this image going on in the back and for those of you guys that are on the Instagram I'll give you a little view of what's going on so this image right here that I have going on behind me today why do I have this image why are we celebrating this image right here I'm gonna tell you why we are having a party you know we started pmtakehome.com a few weeks ago 
and we did our launch party. It was a Sunday night party. We did our um, Earth Night last Saturday night, another huge party. So tonight, 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 we are celebrating again its heritage. It's First Fridays, it's heritage. Tonight we're celebrating Awapui, which is that beautiful uh, little white ginger plant that you can see uh, over my shoulder there. You guys can see it in here. So this little, this little plant right there, that's the Awapui wild ginger plant. Um, that's really how this whole entire company, Paul Mitchell, got started. That's why we're talking right now. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I may be doing. I may have been doing this without Paul Mitchell, but I mean, it's created the platform that I built my career, my businesses on. And so tonight's all about heritage. We're going to go through every single Paul Mitchell Awapui Wild Ginger product. We're going to go through the story of the Awapui Wild Ginger. Oh, I forgot. I got it right on my hat. You can see it right there too. That's it. That's it right there. Awapui, JPMS The Farm. This hat, 40 years and still growing. This hat came from the Awapui Farm in Hawaii where that product is grown. Uh, we got under here, bam, the Awapui Farm, Hawaii. Check it out, check it out, check it out. John Paul Mitchell Systems. This is backwards on Instagram, but you guys know what it is. So tonight is a special night. It's about heritage. About It's about 40 years in the making. Uh, we're going to be going through all of our Paul Mitchell Awapui Wild Ginger products. Um, we've got some special, special guests coming through. So 6 p.m. Eastern Time, you guys join us. We're going to be live on Instagram, live on Facebook. Uh, we're we're going to be just having a bunch of fun tonight. So we'll be live. Hopefully you guys can join us. Um, we'll see you there. So thanks for tuning in to Storytime this morning where I come to you every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m., and we get into stories, we get into battle stories, we get into thoughts, thoughts of the moment, uh, all about YFY, the book series. If you guys have the books or don't know, you can go to yourfirstyearin.com where you can find out more about the books. Um, you want to get a hold of the podcast, you can take it on the go, listen on the go. It's pretty simple. Just go to yfyipodcast.com. And then all the links and stuff are on my Facebook page. If you want to get, you know, I've been giving away these iHeart limited edition shirts. You can get these men's or women's fit. Go to the uh, Facebook page. The links, the promo codes to get free shirts are up there uh, while supplies last. Um, links for the book are up there on my Facebook page, Sunny D. Links for and any promo codes for all the books as well. So all that stuff's available, guys. Thanks for tuning in for story time. Um, can't wait to see you guys tonight, tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's the 1st of May. It's first Friday. It's all about the heritage of Paul Mitchell we're celebrating tonight. So we'll see you guys tonight. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and I will talk to you soon. Hey, guys. Sunny D here again. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I hope it's got your wheels turning. It's got you thinking about those key relationships, especially right now during the corona economy. Evaluate those relationships. Re-examine those relationships. Establish some new key relationships of your own because this, like I said, it's not the first and it won't be the last time that we have to deal with something that just totally rocks our world down to its core so key relationships are going to be 
the answer to coming out stronger and making it through and weathering any storm you should find yourself in. So thanks again, guys, for tuning in. For all books, anything on books, you can go to yourfirstyearin.com. Check out the YFYI book series. Um, all the podcasts, take me on the go with you. Just go to yfyipodcast.com. Hope to see you guys tonight at our party, 6 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be live on all channels. It's going to be a lot of fun. Bring a friend, get dressed up, come join us. And I'm looking forward to talking to you guys or seeing you guys real soon. And thanks for tuning in to the YFY podcast. This is the podcast where you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.